0: Welcome to the Commerce Connect podcast from Digital River, an e-commerce and payments company dedicated to helping brands go global and grow their revenue. But this isn't about us. This is Commerce Connect, a podcast about people who are creating some of the best e-commerce experiences of our time. Listen on to hear from e-commerce visionaries as they look back on where they started and lessons they've learned that have gotten them to where they are today and what they believe is the future of online shopping. Hi, I'm Emily Burton with Digital River. Today, we're welcoming a man who helped create a powerhouse in digital commerce, Astound's co-founder and chief strategy officer, Igor Gorin. Astound is often the first step for brands looking to create or rework their digital strategy. And it's known for helping worldwide brands create memorable digital experiences for their customers, driving growth for those brands. Welcome, Igor.
1: Great to be here. Thank you for the introduction, Emily.
0: Absolutely. Happy to have you. I'd love to start with your personal story because I think it's pretty amazing. You started as a teenager, emigrating into this country from Ukraine, co-founding a company with two other young immigrants. Would you mind walking us through that journey a little bit?
1: Absolutely. Um, well, it's a walking down the memory lane here, but, um, uh, we, yes, my family and I, we immigrated from former Soviet union in, uh, late eighties. And, um, I, um, started maturing and growing up in, um, San Francisco where, where we, um, lived and, I uh, met two friends in, in school here, uh, when I was, um, in college, and um, Ilya Vinogradsky and Roman Martinenko, who, um, as we became friends, started thinking about different uh, entrepreneurial ideas. And um, while we were in college, um, came came together to start a business that initially was helping uh, students uh, get their college textbooks for significantly um, less money than what they would spend in their college bookstores. And that led to ultimately um, a bigger business. Uh, It used to be called national textbook network was a book exchange of used college textbooks. And, um, uh, interestingly enough for, um, entrepreneurs and founders uh, who are thinking about starting a, a company, it turns out that, um, it's frequent that um, or often that your value and, and and the business that you ultimately end up um, is not exactly what you started with. And um, that same thing happened to us in that particular case. uh, As we built, built the the textbook uh, business, we, created, um, uh, um, a books and print database, uh, which was very valuable to, uh, marketplaces who, you know, ultimately, uh, approached us and, and, and purchased, uh, that, um, content and, uh, and technology that we've built behind it. So, uh, we've pivoted, um, out of that, um, in 20, tw- in 2000, um, and, uh, we started to think about um, what we're going to do next. Uh, one um, common thread between all, all of three of us was um, passion for technology and what that can do to help uh, improve people's lives. And uh, we, you know, saw that internet and the um, already booming um, internet revolution. Is going to be changing the world for the better and uh, make it more convenient, uh, empower consumers, um, and um, uh, with everything from shopping uh, through banking to travel and anything that you can think of, entertainment. And uh, we were very excited to be at the um, at that stage in our lives to um, put put the money that we gotten from the transaction and, and kind of uh, roll the dice and um, start a business where we were um, helping um, retailers and direct marketers, mostly at the time, mail order catalogers, to put their um, uh, stores online and uh, get them transactional. And uh, that what started um, as a kind of a very Small um, local Bay Area company uh, business uh, grew to what we are now um, very large global um, digital commerce agency that works uh, with some very large, well recognized global brands to help them um, uh, achieve their digital transformation objectives. And uh, they're already online. It's not it's not 2000 mm-hmm. anymore but uh technology's gotten a lot more complex uh the challenge gotten a lot more complex it it It's a lot more competitive to be successful um in as a retailer and brand um and uh we we work uh with our clients to be their go to partner uh to solve their most you know complex uh challenges and and help them be successful At- so you went
0: kind of from the cutting edge of e-commerce when it was still kind of a baby uh, to now working with, you know, some of the world's biggest brands. What If our listeners are familiar, what does this town do to help its clients with their digital strategy?
1: Um, well, we have uh, really four core pillars uh, that we mm-hmm. grew and evolved, uh, some organically, naturally through evolution of our business by listening to our customers and just doing more of what they ask and some uh, capabilities we acquired through uh, deals and acquisitions over the course of years. And those um, core pillars span from the um, technology, which is at the heart of everything that we do. Um, and that includes um, uh, e-commerce platform engineering, uh, mobile and um, uh, development of uh, integrations and code that connects uh, all of the various systems and customizes the capabilities to tailor to their customer needs. Um, And um, uh, we, um, again, uh, part of that um, is uh, choosing the the, the platform, um, developing the digital playbook roadmap, uh, and uh, everything through rollout and uh, post-launch support, enhancements, um, uh, services, monitoring, uh, and help desk. Um, there's a, a set of uh, capabilities that in that technology pillar, um, we have, a um, what we call, um, design pillar, and that incorporates, uh, all the look and feel studying the, um, uh, the customer consumer segments, uh, developing persona, customer experience, um, UX uh, design and all the agency work that goes to create um, compelling um, customer experiences at every touch point. Um, and um, uh, the, uh, what we call a uh, growth uh, uh, pillar, which is um, helping our customers optimize and grow uh, the experiences and tech that we've built Um, And, um, again, strategy, digital strategy, roadmaps and and, um, playbooks, change management. A lot of customers need to uh, help with their programs and and actually managing those programs. Uh, That is part of the uh, ongoing uh, engagements uh, with clients to help them grow. And uh, uh, that is also where we have the fourth pillar called demand. Uh, and that's uh, primarily uh, digital marketing, uh, media buys, um, uh, digital uh, SEO work, e- e- email marketing, um, and um, uh, analytics, uh, data, uh, and uh, insights, everything that underpins um, how you acquire and retain uh, your consumers, the, our clients tap us for those capabilities.
0: That makes sense. And as you think about kind of those, those large iconic brands you mentioned, um, even some top luxury brands, I understand, and these four pillars, how are your your clients most cutting through that noise to like attract and retrain customers, build lifetime value, et cetera? What's, what's like most important in that?
1: Um, well, our customers, uh, customers that do well, uh, they actually have a very well-established strategy and, and um, a digital program uh, oversight in the sense that they know um, what they're really good at and where do they need external support and uh, how uh, they want to partner with a company like Astown. Uh, I think it really um, a good, healthy relationship. Uh, with every client that we work for a decade plus uh, starts with a um, what we call um, a program mapping and, and where we are aligning on their roles and responsibilities. Uh, what are the short-term uh, objectives to solve uh, immediate pain points, um, something that is um, preventing them from transacting or performance issues or customer Uh, Complaints. We're analyzing what the feedback from uh, the shoppers um, that that floods through the customer uh, service channels, and uh, we uh, put together um, an action plan for the next um, uh, couple of quarters. Uh, That is more tactical and uh, low-hanging fruits and goals-oriented, and And then we've set a longer-term plan and objective where we want to take um you know both of our relationship to the you know four years to come and where do we want to co- you know go with our clients and um i think that's the most important aspect of what we've learned over many many years um um of of being in business is that um going from a smaller boutique tactical problem solver that is super Technical and knowledgeable on how to build systems and fix um, and you know, write code that works and performs and scales, to becoming a more strategy partner with a client, uh, road mapping, uh, and um, seeing how the organizations that we work with also evolved with their leadership uh, going from siloed, uh, channel centric strategy. Um, to fully uh, transforming their organizations, breaking silos and barriers in, in moving into that embracing omni-channel um, world where there's really no separation between what digital and store, or you know even still mail order catalog uh, that, that goes out, um, mobile, how all of those channels come together, marketplaces, um, how do you work with imagery, the copy, the catalog? Uh, how do you work with inventory allocations? How do you work with fulfillment and payment and transaction systems and uh, discovery, personalization? All those uh, need to come together and leverage one another um, with the ultimate goal is to serve the customer. And the customer is at the center of um, of that in that's, that's basically uh, the key
0: is. You know, you mentioned um, breaking down the silos, bringing together the channels and especially omni-channel. And obviously we've seen a lot of shift in that in the last two and a half years or so as we go through this pandemic. And some brands might've been pushed to evolve their digital strategy faster or before they were ready. Others may have had to adapt. What lessons would you take away from kind of that last two and a half years as you look to the future of e-commerce?
1: I think a big lesson is to be agile. Uh, The change is the only thing that is constant in our lives and and the pace of that change is accelerating. Um, Whether it was pre-pandemic already, uh, pandemic only emphasized um, that organizations need to learn how to change quickly. And uh, be open to that change uh, and being flexible. And I think technology, uh, in this particular case, is a great example how businesses were able to um, stay online, uh, stay in business. Uh, how you know they were able to transition from you know their stores uh, close being closed and, and um, to being still uh, able to. Uh, provide uh, their product to the customer or their service to the customer. And uh, I think that technology is really at the heart, uh, you know, the commerce uh, is is at the heart of how uh, and why brands and consumers connect. Ultimately um, in the world of commerce, you need to exchange good uh, or service for uh, some kind of a value Uh, Whether it's the lifetime value of a customer or the most immediate uh, transactory, you know, uh, um, value that you get from selling a product um, uh, or something that is a subscription and and where loyalty and retention becomes more relevant. uh, Those uh, are definitely uh, key um, aspects. And it goes from everything in, in, um, uh, ability to um, change your systems uh, like order management systems to help you with allocation and inventory or turning your store into a distribution fulfillment um, center uh, to uh, figuring out if you have issues with supply chain and you've got your um, products stock somewhere in customs or unable to unload your um, containers um, because of the backlog at the port, um, you need to really understand uh, what options you have in order to keep that customer. Uh, and uh, we, we see studies after studies uh, that, you know, two-day um, delivery is now considers to be uh, a, a normal, a standard. Uh, if brand is not able to get a product to the customer uh, within two day, maybe three day max, uh, the chances that the customer will continue to shop and and stay with that brand are are diminishing uh, rapidly. The longer it takes to place an order, uh, and 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 I'm sorry, get the product, and uh, and and also uh, getting your systems um, to work together, uh, it is not one time exercise, and that that is a lot of um, confusion. Many New, new brands uh, or, or retailers have is that, okay, we're going to implement something and we believe it's just going to stay that way forever. And that, that is just nuisance. I, I think uh, it's the biggest mistake anyone can make because you always need to make sure that all of those systems talk to one another, everything works well. Um, I bet you have your own uh, experiences where you, especially in the last couple of years, uh, where you went online and you've shopped for something, uh, you got so excited and emotionally vested, you've placed an order, the order went in, you've got an order confirmation, and then a day later, or or maybe never, uh, you received uh, information that your product is actually not available anymore, or your size is not available, or in that particular color. And that is where the break of the trust and, and, and experience occurs. And uh, it kind of registers in your mind, and you just don't want to go through that um, and go back to that experience again. So you would not probably go and, and and maybe you'll give another chance or two, but if you're consistently disappointed and let down by brands, you won't you won't you won't shop there anymore.
0: I think that's a, a huge point, point. and you know, getting to the buy button is one thing, but that next part of the journey is so mo- so important to the customer. And you've mentioned a couple of the key important pieces there. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about having a good uh, order management system and what that what that does for our brand?
1: Uh, well, so order. I think the the core systems uh, like order management, with inventory and um, uh, payment processing. I mean that's table stakes. I I I think there is no way you can be successful without those systems working well. I do think that um, you know now we we, we you know our, our astound you know value exchange index where we survey uh, all of the leading sites and in, in, in brands uh, quarterly and we we put out the data. Uh, we saw a tremendous um, push by a lot of brands, uh, what we call in um, uh, support and engagement uh, area. A lot of uh, customers are literally. Um, surround you with, you know, from chatbots that are AI and automation based, just to help you uh, get through like a basic level of interaction, all the way through uh, to actually a customer agent, you know, working with you to help you place an order or taking over a session and actually guiding you through product selections and uh, and helping you um, with uh, with order. So there's a lot of uh, those um, uh, areas that uh, we've noticed uh, that are being very popular, um, you know, assistance, you know, uh, text message assistance or assistant through social channels, sort sort of like where you where you are. Um, uh, I, I I I kind of see that um, a lot in in coming through value exchange index. Um, I think that um, um, co browsing. And in like video shopping, live live video uh, shopping, and, and chat experiences are are very popular as well. Uh, I've noticed that um, a lot of customers we've we've implemented a number of um, systems and tools over the last couple of years that were helping uh, customers do that a lot more successfully. And um, I mean anything from Livescale, uh, or or Hero. Uh, which is now part of Klarna. I think those are very were very popular in in um, you know the last couple of years, um, and uh, many of our customers um, uh, worked on implementing those. I think that um, uh, because there is you you know constant pressure of doing more with less, uh, many of our customers have been investing into AI and uh, automation tools to help. Um, uh, pre, you know, do pre-work behind the scenes as you, you know, as they get to start interacting with the, you know, with their customer either through live sessions or chats uh, or even online directly. Uh, a lot of data is getting prepped uh, and analyzed uh, to give recommendations and um, uh, either give it to the uh, agent so that the agent can easily. Reference and uh, either offers or um, you know basically um, have a chance to um, you know retain a customer or uh, provide them with the better service uh, and more relevancy. And we're talking about I mean seconds. Uh, that that's all they've got to uh, to respond or click. They they can't say you know wait a minute let me put you on hold and go and dig into some you know, depth of systems. Let me look at your <laughs> orders for the last 12 months or last two years or how much money you've been spending with us and your loyal tier one or whatever it might be. That that should be just already prepped and ready for you, you know, for that agent to uh, work. In fact, there's one next level of quote unquote AI inferring what the customer may be interested in and in helping with the selection. And I think that gets us to Kind of the biggest aspect, um, a lot of people calling it personalization. I actually think it's relevancy, and uh, I think that um if you don't understand and don't know your customer, that's just uh you know uh, uh, repulses you away from you know interacting with 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 a brand If you've been shopping there and they don't know who you are, you know who you are that you were in their store or you had an issue with a product and you've been calling three times and someone, you know, gets to talk to you and asks you, you know, what's your, tell me everything from the beginning, uh, it just becomes really bad. And and, uh, again, customer experience, I think, and that relevancy, um, I think is super important uh, in in making it very appealing, almost like a must have nowadays.
0: And and when we think about relevancy, um, oftentimes in, in with our customers, we we're thinking about localization, making sure that the right options are available, languages, but also payments. How important are payments in what you're seeing in these trends and having like the right local payments?
1: Uh, it, crucial. I think it's first of all, uh, not a lot of people realize that uh, brands get a lot of revenue. Uh, from um outside of their core markets, um, international shoppers um, and uh, international commerce became very important uh for many of our clients. I mean for the last uh, seven to ten years we've been working with um, very large brands um, in 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 on what was called global rollouts uh we're talking about you know thirty Uh, to 50 country geos where you need to go and make yourself available in the language uh, with the relevant local payment ecosystem and be able to get your product. So there used to be uh, a simple way uh, expecting that they will show up on your website in US uh, or US-centered, you know, .com website. Uh, They will find your product, slug through their, you know, English skills, place an order, somehow they have a visa or a MasterCard that, you know, or, or, you know, something that is accepted by your side. And then you will just do, you know, border-free or some kind of a proxy uh, and, or, you know, figure out how you're, or even if you're going to be able to ship internationally, right? So internationally, you know, and that whole logistics uh, and the cost, um, know was becoming expensive. You you served those customers or you chose to stop serving them because it wasn't profitable for you anymore. So uh but the volume of those um you know customers uh became and the voice of them became louder and louder and ultimately a lot of brands realize they get you know 10 15 20 of the revenue coming from international customers and then they analyze and they see oh, we see that UK is getting a lot of traffic or we're getting a lot of traffic from Spain or France and and we want to be able to make it a lot more profitable to service those customers. And we think that our brand is well-recognized or or we want to target those markets intentionally. So that's where um, you you immediately run into um, regulation in in doing business in the country question. Uh, and that's something that Digital River is very familiar with. Where you, um, you know, in partnership, we work with you guys, and in, in we know how you're able to set up an entity uh, that allows brand to quickly test, you know, markets or even stay, uh, you know, present in that market through working with Digital River. It isn't just a merchant account; it's actually enabling you uh, as a legal entity. Uh, to conduct business in that um, country, uh, pay proper, uh, you know, VAT and taxes and submit those to the authorities in timely manner and, you know, doing, you know, data privacy and all those very important aspects of transacting and saving, uh, safekeeping the data, um, you know, in, in those regions. But also um, it's, it's interesting enough many people think that oh you got visa or mastercard or discover and that's all you need because that's basically everything that that you need and will work everywhere in the world um turns out that many international shoppers have cards with different um payment processors and um they have exclusive contracts with gateways and you got to figure out how to make that work and especially in asia or in Nordic countries, um, they have different systems and uh, uh, customers just use them. And And if you don't, if you if you go there and you you can't accommodate that, um, they won't transact with you.
0: You've mentioned several kind of core pieces for, for brands to have in place to be really, truly successful in e-commerce. In, in my experience in e-commerce, it's never too early to start thinking about the holiday buying season. So kind of out of all those core things that you were talking about, what should a brand be thinking about if they don't have it in place already, they should make sure to have it for holiday?
1: I think that um, they need to think about creating seamless experience for customers um, and uh, you know, really take, take care of their technology house uh, housekeeping items. Uh, there is always um, uh, backlog and there is always technical debt. Uh, I think some people who are listening to this podcast will understand what it means. And um, that technical debt comes due uh, when you get your higher traffic, you know, uh, orders, volumes going up. So uh, while you, you know, preparing before holiday, you know, as part of the holiday readiness assessment, um, you know, we work with our customers to make sure that the technical debt is kept to minimum. Or we we catch up and clear up a lot of those things that you put away and, and you think you'll get to it later. Um, we uh, making sure that all you know the monitoring uh, in in a lot of uh, brands are are surprised. They think, oh, we're SaaS. You know, we we're using platforms that are hosted on Amazon clouds or Google clouds, and it will just work. Nothing is going to break it. Well, guess what? Uh, The infrastructure, the SaaS infrastructure um, that the cloud is available, but your code may not be working. And uh, you have to be checking and monitoring your sessions, order velocity, and also ultimately the presentation layer because your customer experience could be degrading and you have no idea what's going on. And it could be days before you catch on until your customers are going to be, if your customers are going to be emailing you that something is wrong with that particular uh, site. And, and, and now that you're in the cloud, you are no longer parsing your logs or, or figuring out like, what's those errors that you're getting. So you have to figure out how to make sure that you're not missing important things that are developing. Um, I think getting prep for um, you know, order uh, seamless order integration um, and making sure that uh, everything is cohesive Uh, frictionless and uh, works well Um, with a lot of, you know, reopening. uh, We've learned that customers were not prepared. Uh, People just went back to stores in in large volumes and um, uh, their system weren't talking to one another. And they're like, okay, I've been shopping with you online for the last, (laughs) you know, almost two years and uh, you're missing my orders or you don't understand who I am. Uh, and that that's just unforgivable. I think that's just table stakes at this point. Um, I also think that c- cybersecurity, as you're getting close to holiday season, uh, really uh, have to pay a lot of attention uh, to make sure that you are not in the news. Um, that or ultimately you have to protect your customers um, in in their customer data. Um, and uh, obviously, you don't want to be in the news uh, that. You know, million transaction data you know was was breached or or and stolen. So um, I think that is a very important aspect, and um, you need to uh, you know pay attention to that. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, personal personalized experiences, um, you know, purchase history, um, card, you know, everything that that you interact with the customer. Um, you know, within reason, you need to be aware and and make sure that all, all of these systems are connected.
0: Excellent. Well, before we wrap up, I'd love to switch gears just a little bit, learn a little more about you. Um, one thing we love to ask our guests before we close out is what influences you? So who has influenced you in life and why?
1: Uh, well, personally, uh as a as a human being, my my dad influenced me the most. Um, I think since I was a little kid, um, I remember, uh, spending a lot of time with him and, um, uh, you know, he taught like whenever I remember catching my first fish, you know, or riding my bike or, you know, doing something, you know, in the house, uh, he was there, uh, teaching me and helping me through that, you know, through that process. And, um, I also, you know, think that my mom, in, in, you know, whenever I something was hurt or I was in distress emotionally, I wouldn't go to my dad, I would go to my mom. And, and she was always there um, for me and um, thankfully still is. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, as, uh, you know, I grown up, got married and um, had kids, uh, I think that uh, my kids challenge and influence me the most nowadays. Uh, So uh, that's on the personal front. Um, I mean, professionally, uh, it's hard to say, but uh, I think reading, um, reading is very important, um, no matter what it is that you're reading. Um, I think reading is very influential for your thought, um, stimulating your thinking, connecting dots, critical thinking critically, um, you 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 can't get it anywhere else, but you have to kind of get it from books and 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 just process of reading and imagining and digesting that information. I think that is super critical.
0: Speaking of reading, are there any uh, books, resources, or podcasts that you would recommend to our listeners?
1: Um. Yes. Well, I I don't have a Zuckerberg or or Bill Gates as uh, you know must read book for the summer list or something like that <laughs> um but um i like to uh listen to the um you know commerce uh podcasts um um you know the um i think commerce geek or or uh couple couple of the commerce related podcasts that that i typically listen to
0: And then finally, if people want to learn more about Astound or want to learn more about you, what's the best way to do that?
1: In order to learn more about our company, it's the best way to do it is to um, talk to us, to go to the website astoundconverse.com. But uh, ultimately, um, we're in the uh, people business uh, and uh, you have to get to know the people. And, um, you know, you can't do it through reading a website. So I highly recommend that whoever is interested in, um, uh, learning more about Astown commerce that you reach out to, uh, myself, um, or our CEO, uh, Michael Kahn, um, MK, uh, <laughs> and, uh, we would love to tell you more about our company.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you to our listeners. Our guest today has been entrepreneur, e-commerce pioneer, and true voice in e-commerce strategy, Igor Gorin, co-founder of Astound. Igor, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, thank you, Emily. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time.
0: You've been listening to the Commerce Connect podcast brought to you by Digital River and edited at Matriarch Digital Media in Minneapolis, Minnesota. To learn more, head to digitalriver.com.